Grab your favorite drink, whether it's a coffee, cocktail, or tea, and get ready. It's Ladies' Night on Lady Overlander Radio. Lady Overlander Radio is brought to you by Artemis Overland Hardware, Midland Radio, Timbo Tusk, U.S. Action Tracks, The Moore Expo, and Adventure Trail RV, creator of the Overland Shower. Hi, Ashley. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing really well. Today I have Ashley, is it Giordano or Giordano? Yeah, it's Giordano. Giordano. Okay. Joining me from Desk to Glory Ash on Instagram. And I see, I, I did a little research and I've seen that you are a full-time overlander. Do you, do you still overland full-time? Um, we're not at the moment. So okay, we, yeah, not technically. We're, we will be soon again, but we have gone on several trips, but we aren't on the road at the moment. Okay. So... How long have you guys been, you and your, it's your husband, correct? Yes, Richard. Yeah. Richard. And how long have you guys been overlanding overall? So in 2013, we left Vancouver, BC and Canada, and we started a trip down to Costa Rica. Um, And we really thought we were going to make it to Panama. We had no intention of going further than that, but uh, we took off and we were having such a great time that we decided we wanted to drive to Ushuaia, Argentina. So, nice. yeah. So we ended up parking our truck, which is a 1990 Toyota pickup in Costa mm-hmm. Rica. They have a government bonded warehouse there. So we parked. Oh, excellent. Yeah, it worked out really well. We parked there for a year and flew home and worked um, and then came back down and finished it up. And so... The first part of that trip was about eight months. And then the South America section was another year. And then a little bit more getting back home to British Columbia after that. So that was I, one. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. We, uh, we intend to do that probably within the next year or two ourselves. We, uh, we overlay in full time, but we only do it in the United States for now. Yeah, that's such a great learning experience, uh, starting at home and getting all your systems under wraps and figuring out what you need and what you like and what you want before going abroad is very helpful. So, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we, uh, we, my husband and I went to Costa Rica, gosh, it must have been probably 17 years ago at this point together. And we explored everywhere, but we weren't, you know, obviously into overlanding at the time. But that Costa Rica is just absolutely beautiful, as is most of Central and South America. Yeah, I just I'd love to see it from the road. I, that's that's an amazing thing to see. I w- I would say. So um, you've I've, I'm assuming that you've already explored all of Canada as well and most of the United States. So when we came back from Argentina, we we shipped to Jacksonville. And then we drove mm-hmm. north up the eastern seaboard and across Canada. So we've seen some things. I mean, Canada and the United States are quite large. So 
Um, there's so, 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 so much to see. Um, but we covered some of it. Um, and then we did a trip in the winter uh, a couple years ago from Montana up to Tuktoyaktuk, which is in the Northwest Territories um, in Canada. And so that was quite an interesting trip as well. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure that was warm and balmy and just... <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I'm ready for that in my life. No, we've uh, we've had a few winters that we've you know last winter we were in you know Utah, Arizona, Colorado when it was snowing, and I think that was cold enough for us. I don't know if I would venture that far north yet, but that's uh, I bet that was beautiful country though. It sure was. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Um, but yeah, I'd love to go back in the summer. And I think we're pretty much worn out of winter at this point. <laughs> so <laughs> so did you? I'm sorry. Um, there's a little bit of delay with my with my headphone. Um, did you guys enjoy driving up the eastern seaboard in the United States? And how did you find spots to to camp? Because I know it's kind of difficult. There's it's not impossible. But it is a little more difficult on the eastern side of the United States to find good overlanding campsites. Sure, yeah. So um, we were traveling at a pretty quick clip to get back up into Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, we had some engagements there that we had to, to commit to. And so um, we would have liked to spend longer. But mostly we were using the iOverlander app at that time. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was actually quite funny because... For the first half of our trip through the United States and Central America, uh, iOverlander, it wasn't a thing at that point. And actually, uh, Sam was writing the code for it while we were camped on the beach with him in like Baja. <laughs> um, nice. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, for the second half of the trip, we mostly used that. Or sometimes I'll use, I think it's freecampsites.net. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we uh, use that. Yeah. Or uh, what else would I have used? That was a while ago. Those are probably the two main ones at that point. I will go to Google Maps now a bit more. So, and Gaia. Yeah, we we still use iOverlander kind of as a jumping off point to find a campsite. But we don't use it. We don't rely on it as heavily as we used to. And, you know, at this point now, anytime you would go to one of the sites marked on there, somebody else is probably already there. So yeah. we've, uh, I love the app and I've, and we've contributed to it. Uh, but we, we kind of, I go on the national forest sites or I go into the, to the national forest or BLM offices, if there's a local office in the area now and kind of talk to the people there and ask them, which is, you know, going a little backwards from going to an app, but you know, we've used the Onyx Off-Road, we've used Overland Bounds app, we've used iOverlanders app, and they all have great places and great resources. But we just, we've noticed we use the apps, what by the time we get to a place, there's there's usually somebody else already in that, so, in that spot or in that area. Yeah, so. yes, for sure. I think where iOverlander really shines would be, you know, on those nights where it's getting dark and mm -hmm. long day and you don't want to camp at like a, oh gosh, there were some gas stations in Argentina we camped at or, you know, <laughs> available. so it works really well in those situations for sure. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, or, we. Uh, oh, sorry. The water. Yeah, finding water and ice and tr and yeah. you know things like that is very helpful with that yes. with that app. And I feel like too, we've used iOverlander in the U.S. and in Canada, and in South America and Central America. And I've found I prefer it uh, in Central and South America or an international location. Uh, it's just a bit different. I don't know why exactly. I think there are more spots put in, like people that are traveling in, like in Ecuador, quite. I don't know, enthusiastic about putting those points in. <laughs> and there are some overlander camps that are great to go to, to meet other people. And so we found that to be really, really helpful too. Um, because they're like the spots where people coming north, they all stop there. And people coming south, they all stop there and from all over the world. And uh, those spots are really fun to meet up with other people. So yeah. Oh, yeah. I could see that, you know, and, and share experiences and share a campfire. That would be awesome. Yeah. This uh, Women Overlanding Costa Rica event you guys did, what was that, last year? Yeah, that was back in 2019. And oh, okay. Two years. Yeah. yeah. So my partners, uh, Sunny Eaton and Karen and uh, Taylor we well that was kind of their brainchild actually they had they invited me in that kind of towards the end um <laughs> they had formed a facebook group for women overlanders and a book as well called i can i will women overlanding the world and so the next extension of all of that were these trips and we had all traveled through costa rica already so we knew of some cool spots and uh, we knew of a vehicle rental company there. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we just had this idea to bring women down and go on these group trips. Um, so yeah, we did. <laughs> and it was such a crazy, awesome learning experience. And we put so much heart into it um, and had such a good time and learned so much about ourselves and how to work together as a team and work together in a big group of women, you know, that some, some are visiting and then they're in an experience they've never been in before. Um, mm -hmm. so that, it was, it was really interesting and we had such a great time. Um, but we, we went down two times, uh, before we ran the first trip. Um, so we put a lot of investigative work and a lot of miles in before the first women even flew down, uh, okay. we wanted to get the trip dialed. And so the first was kind of like recon. We wanted to see the places where we were going to stop and dig around and talk to our contacts down there. And so we did that and created a loose plan. Um, and then the second trip we went down and we, we ran the trip as if, we we had people there with us um kind of did a dry run okay exactly and that was so great because we knew where um where we needed to make up time or how far off we were from uh i don't know where we were running late or early or how things would work with restaurants and ordering and what time we would be at camp and you know all these tiny little details that you don't necessarily think of so yeah, really cool, valuable experience for sure. 
that's amazing. So I know that probably last year was kind of hampered a bit because of COVID. Do you, do you guys plan to do future trips such as that or? Um, I think it's kind of on the back burner for now. Uh, we don't ever rule things out completely. Uh, but I know that we all have a lot of projects that are going on right now in our lives. And so, okay. yeah, we're all quite busy <laughs> with those and we'll see what happens though. I'm not necessarily ruling it out, but we'll see. Oh, that's awesome. I think that that's fantastic. And I, did you have a decent turnout? Did you have a good group of? Yeah, we sure did. So both of the trips were, I think, fully booked, which was so fantastic. We were a little bit you know, worried about that because it was our first trip we'd ever done and the second one too. But yeah, we had a good turnout and we, yeah, it was a really fun experience and we made a lot of friends along the way too. So it was great. That's the best part about it. And I think that doing things like that, I mean, as women getting out there and doing those kind of experiences, if you're not too sure about starting that out on your own would be a great way to kind of ease yourself into that. Right. So you're, you're doing it, you're going out and doing that off-roading experience and camping experience, but there's someone there that, that has that experience, that prior experience that can kind of help you along the way and show you, you know, how to get more into that and how to get to the point where you can do those type of things on your own. Yes. We really wanted to create a safe space for women to come. And if they had never opened up a rooftop tent before, there was a supportive group of women and women with a lot of experience that they could learn from. And uh, I think it was successful for sure. So, yeah. That's fantastic. So what, Let's back up a tiny bit. I want to know what initially got you yourself personally interested in overlanding. So my husband and I were working uh, in Vancouver. We were living that that city life. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. and, uh, we we liked our jobs, but they weren't necessarily fulfilling. Um, so we both, I was a paralegal and, uh, Richard was a mechanical engineering technologist. And so we both like created these side gigs. So he started photography on the side and shot weddings and I was really interested in nutrition. So I did some nutrition schooling and opened up a little business on the side and we, we just burnt out because we were working our day jobs and we were starting careers on the side and not scheduling in time for adequate rest and also not prioritizing things that were fun. Like we were just working and working and we didn't think about what made us happy or what, what we could do in our lives that would be enjoyable, I guess. And so this one day I just came to a realization that uh, things needed to change. And so we met at a coffee shop and it was kind of emotional looking back on it. You think that if you make a big life decision, maybe it's easy or maybe it's hard. But for me, I had been in this mindset that what you do in your life is you go to school and you get your education and then you start your career and you start your career that you're going to do for the rest of your life and you get married and buy a house and have kids and all of this. And I was like, I don't think this is 
like what I want. I don't think this is going to work for me. And Mm -hmm. I I need to leave it all and go do something totally wild and just re, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Kind of reset. Yeah. Really? Exactly. So definitely. Yeah. We met at the coffee shop and we started chatting and we, we love travel. We knew that travel was the thing that we wanted to do. Um, we had been to Japan together. We got a really cheap set of flights and we had such an amazing time there. And we learned so much about ourselves and about the culture and it just opened our eyes. It was such a phenomenal experience. And uh, we had traveled through Jordan and Israel, Turkey, and backpacked Southeast Asia. And that's like what we looked forward to every single year. So we decided, let's backpack through India. Um, So that was the plan for a bit. And then Richard, unbeknownst to me, had been following these overlanding blogs um and we didn't even know overlanding was a thing like we saw this dragoman dragoman overland sticker in a hostel in istanbul in turkey and we're like what is this and that kind of got the ball rolling a bit and so richard found these blogs and one of them was home on the highway and they drove like a nine i think it was an 80 gosh what was it 84 maybe this is so bad Anyway, a Toyota 4Runner uh, from the States to Argentina. And then we also found the dangers. They were driving an old VW bus down. Um, ruined Adventures, another 4Runner. And uh, yeah, so our idea of overlanding was you drive an old Toyota truck <laughs> down <laughs> Argentina and you have a really awesome time. And so, yeah, we that's how we had the idea to go so we got ready in I think it was four months we were like this is happening and we just went and we did it I have some some good friends that are doing all their preps right now they're going to be leaving I believe in October and heading down into Mexico and into South Central and South America as well and then they're going to be you know shipping their vehicle over um across I think believe they're going to Africa next and driving up. I'm not sure sure of their exact route, but they're they're planning to be gone for a good ten to fifteen years. And so watching them going through that process of, you know, they're they're building out a, a completely new rig for this this part of their overlanding journey, and you know, kind of seeing the range of emotions they're going through. That that time planning that must just really be something to remember but then at the same time you probably look back and you're like wow that went by really really fast and then all of a sudden we were doing it yes for sure and I look back now at what we did and I was like wow that's really really fast like to make the decision uh, rent out our apartment we sold a whole bunch of stuff got the vehicle ready in four months is actually like (laughs) that's crazy fast (laughs) fast yeah we're not doing that this time. <laughs> <laughs> no. Now you can take your time a little more. You've kind of, you know, popped that cherry or moved, you know, yes. moved past that, to, so to speak. So yeah. you can you can take your time and, you know. And uh, so are there things that you've learned that you'll implement differently this time? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, we learned a lot about our vehicle uh, choice last time, which actually I, I don't regret at all. We, so we, it was our 90 Toyota and mm -hmm. a canopy on the back where we put all our stuff and it was a lot of stuff. <laughs> and uh, we had a rooftop tent and an awning and a fridge and we didn't really modify the vehicle too much which was great uh richard has been working with vehicles since he was a teenager so he has a lot of uh, mechanical knowledge which is great and he was always one step ahead of everything uh he really really wanted to make sure that he had his hands on that vehicle and he was watching for things before they happened mm -hmm. so yeah, I was very grateful for that. Um, so this time around, we're looking more at uh, we're looking more at like organization, so organization optimization, and we want that inside living space. That's like the Overlander's dream is the inside living space. <laughs> So we're taking the same truck on our next trip, but we're making some changes to it. So we've put a go fast camper on it so we can, we're planning on working from the road this time. And so we will need a space that's a bit more comfortable than our rooftop tent. Um, that's probably the biggest change. And then, you know, drawers and stuff like that to help with uh, organization, like I said, but also weight. We're trying to keep the build quite light and yeah suspension upgrade and that's about it very nice that's when so we started traveling full-time four years ago we both retired from the u.s military and we were kind of in the same place you guys were in where we you know something had to give we were still working long days and giving our time and energy to all of these other things and you know but whether it be a job or things that we owned, you know, and we, we just had enough and we came to that moment as well. And uh, we sold everything and we moved into um, a travel trailer at the time, an RV. And we did that for almost three years and we just wanted something a little more downsized and a little more remote. So we switched over into a rooftop tent and a little, it's probably, I think the little trailer is maybe 12, 14 feet long. It's just, it's just big enough to have like a bed in there for the kids. Cause we have three kids, you know? And so we switched over into that as our kind of our transition. And now we're outfitting my 91 Land Cruiser with the tent and a roof rack. And my husband already, we already have his Jeep outfitted. Nice. So I can see, I see the benefit of going back into more of a camper type overlanding rig as well but I kind of really just love sleeping in the tent. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I would kind of be, it would kind of be a toss up. Maybe if we do and do end up doing the international travel, we might go ahead and get something like that. Um, yeah. I think the thing I like about the wedge campers is you still kind of have that canvas that is kind of like a tent. So you can open the windows and it feels similar, but it's not a hard shell. Mm -hmm. that's kind of nice but I do get what you mean for sure about being in a tent and feeling like you're sleeping outside um yeah <laughs> it's great yeah and then it has its good and bad points you know there's been nights we've had hail and high winds that haven't been as fun yeah. but you know 
Yeah, wind is a problem sometimes for sure. Oh, definitely. So what's one thing that you would like to tell other ladies who maybe are interested in getting into overlanding or off-roading, but maybe a little bit hesitant to do so? Oh my gosh, one thing. I would well, say... I mean, it could be more than one. But... <laughs> um, I would highly recommend uh, joining the Women Overlanding the World Facebook group. I know that's like kind of a shameless plug, but it's so true. There are so <laughs> many women from all over the world in there, and it's a really safe space to ask questions, especially for newbies who feel like, I don't know, a little bit self-conscious about asking about anything. So we talk about everything in that group. Like there was a question today about composting toilets and it, yeah, the responses are amazing and hilarious and so uh, honest and real. And I think that's really important. Um, so yeah, that's one thing. Um, yeah, just, I want to say just go for it. But I, I also understand that sometimes it's, it's really nice to have a support or to find somebody with that experience and go with them. I think. Mm-hmm you can find somebody, even if there's nobody that you know, personally, there's, there are so many people out there traveling or that you can make friends with or meet through a friend uh, to go and go with another woman and learn these things. So yeah, utilize your community and resources for sure. I, I couldn't agree more. So this is, this is what I call self promo time. So the floor <laughs> is yours. Okay. If you're interested, if people are interested in following your story, how do they find you on social media? So you can follow at desk to glory underscore Ash. That's my Instagram handle um, or at desk to glory. That's mostly Richard's posting right now. But once we get on the road shortly, it'll be content from both of us. Mm-hmm. And I also write for Expedition Portal and Overland Journal. And I'm actually a member on the editorial staff now it's a cool new they just hired me on which i'm extremely excited about and so there are a lot of resources on there i tried to really delve into the history of women and overlanding on there and have done features on amazing incredible women who have traveled all over the world in their vehicles um and interview women that are doing it now so there are some resources there too um so yeah that's where you fantastic can yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Well, it was great chatting with you today. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. And I hope to that our paths cross some, at some point and we can share a campfire and some great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to chat with you. And yeah, I can't wait. It would be awesome to meet up on the road. <laughs>